it's amazing what you can do with like 30 days and someone with 50,000 Twitter followers on your website. <laughs> It's time for Arrested DevOps, the podcast that helps you achieve understanding, develop good practices, and operate your team and organization for maximum DevOps awesomeness. I'm Matt Stratton. We have a record-setting episode of Arrested DevOps for you today. The most number of simultaneous guests we've ever had in an episode that we actually will release. And that's pretty exciting, but that's not the main reason you should be listening. We've got some great content as well. But before we get into all of that fun, we need to have a word from our sponsors. The worst thing about the Arrested DevOps podcast is when it ends. You're left wondering what to do next. What are you going to listen to on your commute home? How do you occupy your time when walking the dog? What are you going to listen to during the quarterly all-hands meeting? But fear not, dear listener, there is a solution. You need to subscribe to Software Defined Talk right now. It's a weekly podcast that recaps all the news in cloud computing, DevOps, and enterprise software. The hosts, Kote, Matt Ray, and Brandon Wichard, will keep you up to date on all things cloud while offering tips on how to optimize your Costco haul and how to PowerPoint. It's a fun, free-flowing conversation that will keep you entertained and informed. What are you waiting for? Subscribe to the podcast today by visiting softwaredefinedtalk.com or by searching for Software Defined Talk in your favorite podcast app. So what we're talking about today is what was the very first DevOps conference to take place in Animal Crossing. And that was, called, that was an event called Deserted Island DevOps. It took place a few weeks ago, and I am fortunate to be joined by the organizers and speakers of this event. We're going to talk about how the event came to be and what really made it turn out to be quite possibly one of the best virtual events I've seen slash been a part of since we've been in this like now times of weirdness and virtual events. So I'm going to start by uh, letting all my guests introduce themselves so y'all get an idea of what everybody sounds like as we go into some madness and mayhem. So uh, let's start with you, uh, Austin. Great, thanks. Um, Hi, I'm Austin Parker. I'm a developer advocate at Lightstep. Oh, hi. I'm Katie, and I'm free. I'm a free-range developer advocate. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ian Coldwater. I'm a lead platform security engineer at Heroku. Hi, I'm Dave Sudia. I'm a senior DevOps engineer at GoSpot to check. Hey there, I'm Kat Cosgrove, and I'm a developer advocate at JFrog. Hi, my name's Jackie Grinrod, and I'm working as a developer advocate at HashiCorp. Hi, I'm Mia Moore. I work as a developer advocate at IBM. Hey, I'm Adrian Tucka, and I'm a developer advocate at MongoDB. Hi, I'm Aaron Aldrich, and I... Uh, I'm a developer advocate for LaunchDarkly. Fantastic. So I really want to start by getting a little bit of context about how did this happen? How did we end up having a conference that took place inside a video game, so to speak, and this particular video game? So Austin and Katie are really kind of the the wranglers and instigators and organizers of this event. So I'd love to hear from you, like, how did this happen? Like, why, what, what, how did we get here? Oh, boy. <clears throat> um, I guess the short version is we, 
I mean, it, it sort of happened because we were both bored, right? Like that's that's probably the easiest explanation, is that um, you know, COVID happened, the world starts going a little sideways, and Katie and I started doing Twitch streams as. You know, it's like, oh, how do you stay relevant, right? How do you get out there and get people's face out there? And it's like, okay, well, we'll start streaming. And then Katie had the idea that Friday should be sort of the fun day where we do something that isn't talk about technology. And we played Animal Crossing. Was it the first one? I think it was the first one yeah. was Animal Crossing. Yeah, the first one was Animal Crossing because I had never even seen the game before. And I had many questions. Yeah, so we started out, we did some Animal Crossing and kind of stuck with it over the course of the month um doing those friday streams and doing video games and at some point i don't know I was, a lot of it was like i said just me goofing around on twitter and like haha i'm gonna build a trade show booth in animal crossing and someone i think tom mclaughlin on twitter was like oh we should do a conference in animal crossing and i, I believe i actually talked about this on some slacks like in the week or two prior to that i'd sort of been thinking about it and then you know, I was like, oh, well, it's going to be April 1st tomorrow. Might as well throw up a web page and um, see if it gets any traction. And if it doesn't, hey, we can always just say it was an April Fool's joke, right? And then we got like 100 signups in a, in a day, like for an event with nothing. I remember um, getting a message from you being like, I made a joke, but now it's real? Yeah, I think that, that that's the hallmark of a good, uh, a good idea, right? <laughs> How would you... Kind of, I just realized that we're. I'm making a huge assumption that that all of our listeners are obviously familiar with Animal Crossing because, I mean, while they're on Twitter, they must have seen all the things about it. But just what? How would you describe it in a very succinct way for people who are unfamiliar? Like, how would you summarize chores of the year 2020? Um, It's I mean, just a it's, very calm, yeah. kind neighborhood building game where everyone is an animal except for you and you can make yourself kid outfits. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's like doing chore. It's uh, well, normally it's doing chores in now with the advent of the internet, even though Nintendo is not very good at that part of the game. Now it's about flipping um, turnips into literally millions of bells, which are the in-game currency so that I can buy really cute clothes. You chop down trees, you harvest things, you fish. What do you What do you think? As you kind of went through the through this, what really surprised you about doing this event? Who all uh, of it? All of it. Yeah, I think I was I was hugely surprised by the reception. Right, like the. For as little as I planned, there are a lot of things. I, I tried to be sort of true to a lot of things I believe about, like, what should tech events be? And a big one is that they should be accessible, right? And not just in the um, in in the way that we maybe think about accessibility as engineers or as, as technical people or developers or whatever you want to call us. But we think about accessibility, it's like, oh, you need to have closed captioning. You need to have all these things. And I, I totally believed in that too. And I was, you know, from the first, from the jump, it's like, I want this to be extremely, you know, I I don't want to have a bunch of speakers that look like me. I don't want um, it to be something where there's not closed captioning, but I, when I say accessible, I mean, it, 
you need to be able to find this stuff in unexpected places, right? Like I think if I think back at my life, one of the things that led me to where I am today is that I was able to learn about things in an unexpected way. So, you know, I saw something on a street um, or I talked to someone just like a chance kind of encounter at a coffee shop or whatever. Right. So that, that flies in the face of virtual events, the way that we think about them um, in this community is as being very marketing heavy things, right? Or even just events in general, like a KubeCon um, or a reInvent or, or whatever. These are all like marketing and sales things where the the content is there to convince people's managers into paying for their tickets. But really, it's there so someone can sell you something. You're not, you know, if you learn, that's a handy side effect, not necessarily the goal of the organizers in a lot of cases, I, I feel like. Things like DevOps days, um, I was really inspired by that. And I, I was inspired to kind of make something that felt like that, but online, something that felt like an event with a community that was in an unexpected place. You know, we could have done this through a Zoom call, but we did it on Twitch. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons that it got as popular as it was, because it was easy for people to sort of jump in and start watching. Yeah, one of the one of the things that I I felt really strongly about, like af- shortly after the event, and when I was sort of processing through this, and and I was I was fairly vocal about it, is I said, hey, event organizers are trying to do virtual events, and like dismiss this event at your peril because a lot of things went really right with this, right? And it wasn't, and 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 very few, very little of it had to do with the game mechanics, but the but a lot of it was that that philosophy and and that thought, and. I'd like to ask, so, so the keynote of the event was, was Ian Coldwater, who, you know, um, if you follow, follow them on Twitter, you know that it should become no surprise that, you know, they enjoy the Animal Crossing. But <laughs> Ian, I, I'd, I'd love to know kind of like when, when you started thinking about doing this and being a part of it, and, and you, if I recall correctly, had alluded to something similar before. I think you you might have made a, a comment about doing doing KubeCon in Animal Crossing or something. Correct my my memory. I want to give proper credit. So it's funny that you mentioned that KubeCon is a marketing event because to me, when I think of KubeCon, I think of uh, of the contributor summit and of getting to hang out with the people who are friends who work on Kubernetes with me and getting to do like open source work with them. And I missed those folks a lot. And I was feeling that a lot when KubeCon EU got canceled. Um, And so, you know, we created SIG Friday to like, you know, and like various community things to stay in touch. But one thing that sort of the Kube folks I know were doing were sort of hanging around on each other's Animal Crossing islands. And so what I was talking about was, okay, we have this weekly Zoom call now. What if we made a meetup um, in Animal Crossing. We're already hanging out in Animal Crossing. Like, why don't we make this a thing? And so Matt uh, interpreted that as me saying that KubeCon should happen, but Animal Crossing's online multiplayer is pretty bad. So I think that probably several thousand people in Animal Crossing is probably not going to happen. But I wanted to do something not really formal as such, but like a way that we could all like, you know, hang out and either just talk about whatever or, you know, talk about, Kubernetes things in, you know, in-game in a way that, like, was fresh and more fun than Zoom because we are all on Zoom a lot 
and it, you know, it, it felt different and it felt better. Um, so that was something that I had suggested. And when the trade show thread that came up where it was like, haha, let's do a conference in Animal Crossing, then Matt showed up and was like, hey, I heard Ian wants to put on KubeCon in Animal Crossing. And I had not actually thought that big as, in terms of putting up a whole conference in that. I had just figured that we would have some sort of like relatively informal small meetup. And Austin thought way bigger than I did, which was awesome and which was really exciting to see because it was amazing and it went great. Um, so, you know, that became a thing that like might happen. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> obviously this is great. Um, let's, let's do this. And, uh, and, um, and then I forgot to submit to it. And, <laughs> and then in another thread, um, I was, you know, talking about this again because it had got brought up and Matt was like, Hey, do you need a keynote for that, Austin? And I was like, yeah, hey, do you need a keynote for that, Austin? And then uh, and then actually that ended up working out okay. I submitted and um and got picked for that. And that was super exciting. I'm so excited and honored to have been a part of keynoting that. Um to, to have been a part of it, period. Um it's honestly like, yeah, it's the thing that I've been the most stoked about since the world got weird. And um, and it was really, it was really special. And I'm I'm really glad that I got to be in it. I, I do want to say, like, like I said in the blog, it's amazing what you can do with like 30 days and someone with 50,000 Twitter followers. on your site. <laughs> I have never promoted anything I've been a part of so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no, like normally it helped I, a lot. It helped a lot. <laughs> normally I try to, you know, just kind of like not be that guy, but it, um, I was like, no, everybody needs to go. This is going to be amazing. Like all of you need to be a part of this. And I have no regrets at all. It was fantastic. Like I'm really glad I got to help some people get to see it when when you're kind of in that role so i, I want to think about in an event like this because this is in some ways very different than other virtual conferences we may have done and in some ways maybe not i don't know uh but you're you're keynoting you're really kind of setting the the the, the stage so to speak right for the rest of the day so how do you do that in something like this that might be a little different than a more I'm almost at a more traditional virtual conference because, you know, the ones that came like three weeks before this. <laughs> it's funny that you asked that because I feel like everybody's talks were so amazing that I feel like everybody, like, like by the end of the day, I had been so thoroughly one-upped, that, like, you know, it, which is great. Like, I was super excited that everybody's talks were so good and that all of the content was so good. Um, it, you know, I had a lot of plans for things that were really specific to in-game. Um, like, I had a, a script planned out, written on the tablet, that immediately died uh, when I started my talk and um, with reactions like marked on it and like in-game costume changes and stuff as part of the talk and discovered immediately that talking into a Zoom call while trying to remember the words that you're saying while driving slides, while doing in-game reactions and stuff on a Switch, which is not a super easy process in Animal Crossing for people who haven't played it. It's like you have to push a series of buttons and look at a bunch of really tiny icons and figure out which one is the appropriate one that you have to do. And it it actually requires some amount of paying attention to. And really quickly, I was like, oh, this isn't happening. And so I think um, really what I wanted to do was set the tone, and this I think I did do, um, of it being a place that was warm and positive and welcoming. And Austin and Katie did it too, just right from the jump. It was an incredibly inclusive, like really warm space. And, and I think that 
you know, my, my keynote was about um, DevOps and security being able to work better together, of approaching one another with empathy, of communicating better with each other. And I feel like those topics and themes kept coming up throughout the conference. And so even if I didn't have as many emoji reactions as I wanted to, I think that that, I think the tone stayed and, and I feel really good about that. Um, it's, yeah, and it was beautiful. And Matt said that, um, that the game mechanics didn't matter, but I think that it did because seeing the people in the audience be able to like clap and react and emote in response to the things that I was saying was really awesome and felt much more kind of real and warm and supportive than what I usually experience virtual cons as on Zoom, which is just sort of talking into the void. Um, and so I actually think that seeing those faces, like seeing all of your faces on Zoom um, in the background was great, but seeing all of your faces in game was actually also really great, I think. And I think the audience felt that warmth and support. And I think that was awesome. And that's what I got to say about that, I guess. I think that's a really good point. And, and that's, a, that's a good way to, to kind of dig deeper onto that, that, that comment about the mechanic, because the mechanics did matter, but they don't have to be those mechanics, I guess, is yeah. kind of what I was trying to say is like, what, I, what I'm afraid of, not afraid of, but what I suspect is a lot of folks would be like, okay, well, it was this cutesy thing that was in a game and whatever. And I'm like, no, you know what? You're like super serious tech conference can learn a ton from this, right? And yes, it doesn't mean you have to host it in Animal Crossing to maybe accomplish that, but look and look, take the, what I want people to do is look at those mechanics and look at those things and look at the outcomes that came out of that and, and just not, not be dismissive of it. But I think you're, you're hundred percent right. And that's, I want I want to just make a, make a thought and I want to do less talking on this show than I usually do. Um, but, but one of the things that Ian brought up that I think is really, really key. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bummer that, uh, that my co-host Jessica isn't on the show because she was commenting to me kind of throughout the entire day as she was watching and seeing how the speakers were communicating. And one of the things that we have seen as conference speakers is we've lost some of that connection with each other when we do a virtual event. And so a mechanic that not everybody would have known is that yes, we were presenting through zoom but unlike a lot of other virtual events where they're like, okay, you join the Zoom when it's your talk and it's you and like the host and maybe, you know, some marketing facilitator that's in the Zoom with you and then you leave. We all most, for the most part, sat in Zoom with each other throughout the entire day. And everybody was very quiet because otherwise you would have been hearing it through the conference. But just even that silent thing um, really replicated a connection and there was a lot more of that weaving things together. So, so Dave, I, I'd love to hear from you on what, what was your experience like, you know, speaking at this event, you know, how would you compare it to other, I was, I was going to say other similar experiences. I don't know if you have a lot of similar experiences, but you know, that actually is a great intro because I, I was sitting here before we started this, just kind of reflecting. And I think for me, this was just, this was the best of the internet. Um, it, you know, like the, there, there was a pretty extensive talk in the discord while the thing was going on. There's a, some very dark or horrific parts of the internet, but I was just thinking like, uh, I joined the something awful forums in, I don't know, a long, long, long time ago in the early two thousands. And I remember like getting together with some people from this internet forum 
and we went ghost hunting and ended up getting our licenses taken down by some county sheriff in the far reaches of the Bay Area because we were trespassing on private land that we didn't realize. And and that's what this reminded me of was I got told by someone, hey, actually, I know this dude from the Something Awful Forums who's putting on a DevOps conference in Animal Crossing. I went, I'm in. Like, where, where is this? Let me, let me go. This is like the most successful goon project in years. Yeah, yeah, for real. This and Eve Online. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I got to be in on this. So, uh, you know, he sent me the link and I went and I submitted a talk and I was kind of like, okay, well, this is just a fun, weird thing that I'll do. And I, you know, I, here's the talk idea I have. Okay, great. And I put it in. And then it ended up being this amazing, wonderful thing that I got to spend the day with these people that I'd never met that are random people from the internet, essentially, that I got to meet for a day and spend time with and you know uh uh it was just it was great it was like one of those serendipitous things that could only happen uh this way and it was so fun to do what do you think and i know um you know there were there were there were some 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 i don't want to say technical challenges but there was there was uh I, I, I do recall just just for people listening so so the, the zoom zoom and dave is a funny thing with this event because um, as if, I, if I'm recalling correctly, you thought that the video was going to be shared. He's like, I got my background. I got all this stuff. And they were like, oh yeah, by the way, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah. Cause I did coordinate my outfits in real life yes. and in the game. That's what it was. To, yeah. I had blue shades in the game in real life. And I had, <laughs> I found this jacket in the game that matches jacket. I happened to buy at a thrift store a while ago and it's like, this is perfect. And then I was all set and then I was, Oh, okay. But you know, that's, that's fine. Um, I, I still made the hero image of vice in my cool jacket. It just wasn't that the cool jacket I really am. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of presenting, I think, um, like Ian said, the, the getting everything synced up and trying to think about it. I, I think it seemed to vary between people either just not doing any reactions or I felt like, for, on my part, going back and I like rewatched it later. I was like, Oh yeah, that long pause there is me trying to go, Oh, what reaction do I want? Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. All right. Okay, good. Now, oh, now, now where was I in the talk uh, and, and going again? There's um, a point in my talk where I'm stuck on a reaction for like three minutes and I totally didn't realize it was happening. And then I watch it later and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So turns yeah. out that being a pro animal crossing conference speaker is not a thing that any of us knew we would aspire to be but we all do now we just need practice yeah so we we, and we'll we'll talk about that at the end about when we're going to do this next one because this is this is how these things get committed austin um one one thing i i'd like to kind of introduce and 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 hear us from from other folks as we kind of go but but bring it out so so jess had had said to me she said you know so the feeling i get from animal crossing is that it is a really safe place for exploration Within the game, right? And and that's, I think, a fairly real assessment. I mean, you can't, you know, like lose a life, you know, you can't lose. It's 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 very hard to mess up. I mean, I do it all the time, but but you there's a lot of exploration. Yeah, you do, right? I mean, even if you get bitten by a tarantula, you just go back to the airplane, it's all good. So so what is it that kind of when we think about this as a vehicle for talking about our teams and our things that we're building, like the lessons we can learn. Cause it, it, it seemed to me like I, I pitched just a talk and then I saw everybody else's abstracts. And I went, Oh no, I need to go back and I need to actually like connect this because I, you know, 
I can't get one upped. And I did get one upped, by the way. But, you know, not for lack of me trying. But didn't we all feel that way? I, maybe. I know I did. And every other person who said something has been like, and then I saw everyone else's talk. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no, I got one upped. <laughs> it's forced multiplication. So when, when we kind of think about that, you know, what, what are maybe some of the things just kind of that, that come to mind about why is this such a, such a great metaphor for, for DevOps? That's the thing for everybody to think about. And I will ask you all later. So Kat, you have a lot of experience with, you know, online communities. You, you work in that part of the industry. You know, we all do this thing. And so I'm, I'm interested. There was a whole other side of this event um, that was the participants interacting with each other. And like one example, it was, it was kind of a, a silly thing. Austin and I were, were, were chatting a, a maybe a couple days before the event. And I said, wouldn't it be wacky if people decided to have virtual watch parties and like thinking it was like a goofy idea. And you know what? Like people totally did that and they hosted people and they came together and they made friends and stuff like that. And there was a lot of, a lot of interactivity and like, how do we, how do we, cause that's sort of the secret sauce that everyone's trying to do with virtual events. So like, how do, you know, why did it work so well this time? I, I wish that was something we could figure out how to recreate and still have it feel like organic and wholesome and like a real connection like it did with this. But I, I don't know what the secret sauce is there. It felt like magic, honestly. Um, and I, I don't know how we can make that happen again, but it was like the most pure thing I have seen in tech in a long time. Uh, maybe it's something just about the community in and around Animal Crossing that made it work so beautifully. I don't know if it could actually be recreated with like virtual conferencing software. Um, you know, I've seen a few platforms where you have like, uh, a virtual expo hall and there's a booth and there are like digital people standing around with like corporate branded t-shirts on it, but that's not the same. It doesn't feel as like intimate, I guess, as going to somebody's animal crossing Island and they've spent like the time at like hours and energy, like lovingly creating like a little, movie theater or something on the third floor of their animal crossing home that they had to grind for like hours and like what 1.2 million bells to get. And if they're not time traveling, that's a serious commitment. So I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of genuine organic, like human work for no profit out of the goodness of their hearts and the just, want to connect with other people that made it happen. And I don't, I don't think that that's anything that could have, like, it can't be manufactured. It had to happen organically. I just want to say this was like the actual open source development of conferences. It was just people just giving their time and effort just because it would be wonderful. I think Kat's point is, is excellent, right? Like part of it, I guess there would be two parts. One, I think it's a lot easier to for, form a community around something new um, just because when it's new and shiny and exciting, there's an opportunity, you know, it's a level playing field, right? Like there, this was a very low ego sort of event where it, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, people, people aren't coming in as experts, right? I think, and I don't think that was the tenor of the event and I don't think it was the tenor of the community. Um, 
so you didn't really have, you know, yeah, there are people that are well known, right? Like, I think the fact that pretty much all of our speakers, for the most part, are DevRel, you get a certain type that wants to do these things. But in terms of people participating, you know, a lot of it was just me getting out of the way, right? Like, it was Katie and I sort of saying, like, well, let's give people a space um, and just let them sort of play in it and, and they'll figure it out. Like, the watch parties wasn't something we deliberately did. It was, well, let's put, you know, oh, we should have a Discord for people to talk so we can better do Q&A. And then people uh, came in there and it's like, oh, hey, yeah, what if we did watch parties? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure, here's a channel. <laughs> you know? Like, people will do stuff if you let them. So I think, though, that Austin and Katie aren't giving themselves enough credit for the kind of environment that they actually did a lot of really active work to create. Like, I think that a lot of thought and a lot of care was put into making that space inclusive and wholesome and welcoming and accessible and lovely. And I I don't want y'all to downplay that because I actually think that it matters. And I think that you should get credit for that work. Um, like, I think, you know, if we're talking about open source, I think we can we can all see if we look at open source, the differences in the ways that open source communities play out that are just like, eh, whatever, people will just do whatever. And the kinds of open source communities that play out with a lot of intention and care and, um, you know, like put into people being good to one another and creating environments that are welcoming to people. And I think that that really happened here. And I, I want to give some credit for that. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate that because it was no tiny amount of work to just be kind. Um, but sometimes people need a reminder. Like they need, they need to know that you ex- expect kindness. And we were very, um, we we're very lucky with the community that like showed up, but you're right that like it takes that kind of tone in the first place to attract those people. So like, at least um, on my part, I like to think I'm everyone's friend, uh, whether they know it or not yet is like not a factor for me. Uh, but so I think setting up that environment and letting people know, like this is going to be a friendly space where like, and I, I think that sort of proved itself when people volunteered to help us moderate the channels um, and, and things like that. Like we ended up just like with a lot of help because people were, uh, knew what was expected of them in the community. I also want to say on that note, um, like there was, there was a lot of like tactical sort of things that went into it too, right? Like, uh, shout out to cat for reminding me that Nightbot's a thing that exists on Twitch. Um, <laughs> even though it was a little aggressive at first, <laughs> but I, I think a lot of it was like, you know, if you're going to have a event like this and you're going to be very public about it, and you're going to have sort of a lot of public channels for people talking, then yeah, you absolutely need good moderation. And I, I cannot kudos big enough in the world to our volunteer moderator team. Uh, they all did amazing on an extremely short notice and were just fantastic. Um, I do think one thing I wanted to call out though is like one thing that I think helps with the community aspect is. There's sort of so this is like maybe a relic of it being like a Twitch thing, right? But you know, you have Twitch chat, right? You have this sort of uh, chat experience that the viewers are expected to to participate in and give immediate feedback and clap and make noise and just chat. And I think that gives it a feeling of liveliness that I miss certainly in every virtual event I do, where like people have said, you're just talking to a camera. Uh, Also, it gave us. the most adorable moment ever when Matt's kids came into chat. <laughs> and and, and we almost those, them. 
and they almost got banned because nobody knew that they were my kids. And so my 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 so ten year olds that are being wholesome also look like trolls apparently. Um, if you don't know, they, they that's did a very good job supporting you. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to like one thing we said. You talked about like all the preparation, and you know, you you um, what what kind of extra prep as a speaker? Because I know I did some stuff. What really went into your like homework from an Animal Crossing perspective for doing this event? Um, so generally, when I write a talk for a conference, I don't actually work on the slides and start practicing my talk until like two or three days in advance. Uh, maybe that's terrible. I know lots of people who do that and lots of people who think that I'm an irresponsible monstrosity for it. But for this conference in particular, when the list of other speakers came out, I was so incredibly intimidated that I I went hard on it. Uh, I First of all, I bought Animal Crossing. I didn't actually have it. Uh, I bought it. And I'm still... Jury's still out on whether or not I can expense that. We'll see. I've asked. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually wrote that talk like two or three, two weeks in advance and practiced it a ton, uh, which is unusual for me because I, I generally speak pretty off the cuff. Uh, I kind of just get up there and wing it. Usually I'm talking about something I know well enough that I don't have to write myself a script. But for this, I was terrified of messing up in front of uh, several people I very much look up to and also what was turning out to be a much larger crowd than I expected. So uh, it, it was a lot more prep than usual and actually getting Animal Crossing, which I am now addicted to. So thanks for that. Also, everybody needs to note that Kat showed up with a million bell crown on. Yeah. That's true. Very I important. do that. I, I, uh, I grinded pretty hard. I got really, really lucky on, uh, on stonks on the, on the turnip market and uh, struck it rich. And, you know, thought I'd, I, I didn't have cute clothes otherwise. <laughs> It was the only cute thing I had, so I, I thought I'd flex on people <laughs> a little bit. I really liked seeing it. like when you came when you got on stage with the crown and people in the chat Twitch chat were going wild. I was like, oh my gosh, she's flexing on them all. <laughs> it's like the one thing I had. This is yeah, what I that was actually uh, that was actually me. I think I was like, oh my god, that's the flex because oh uh, you hadn't joined the island before your your uh, presentation, and when you got up there, I was like, you have the crown, no way! Like I'm still trying to pay off my mortgage. Like mortgage comes first, crown is way down the line. I thought that was so impressive, and now knowing that you had just gotten it before the conference, it's like I can't imagine the work that went into that. That's amazing. <laughs> this this may be the. This may be the first conference I've ever been a part at where the speakers all talk about their finances in this depth, even though it is virtual currency. But, you know, and that's probably just just as well. Jackie, um, what what kind of drove you to decide that this was a thing you wanted to do? Oh, that's a great question. So my manager dropped it in chat to our team. It was kind of like, you guys like conferences? You guys like Animal Crossing? Why don't, why doesn't our team do this? And um, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to speak about, but I want to do this. And then I got like pulled into this hackathon and my teammate was like, we're going to build a video game. And I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> no, we're not in three days. No, we're not. And uh, we did. 
And then it kind of came down to, we finished the video game, we presented on Friday. And the, I think the CFP closed on Sunday. I took Saturday to just like sleep because I did like 16 hour days that whole week. Um, and then Sunday I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to speak about. And um, this seems like the most meta fit I could do. Like I'm going to talk about building a video game from inside of a different video game. <laughs> um, so I was kind of just like full steam ahead. Let's just do it. <laughs> I think that's that's really interesting. You talk about your manager popping it in because I've I, I've kind of like it's it's also and you know Kat talked about like can I expense Animal Crossing and like kind of the way within on the professional side of this it's been very interesting to me to also see how it was responded to and so like I just started a new job and I just sort of I I don't even remember the timing of this I probably did submit to this after I started the new job but. I was kind of part of me was like, I'm going to keep this a little under the radar because I don't know. It's like I work for a big giant company and I work for government clients and things like that. You know, like, is this part of the image? And I I actually sent it to the Red Hat social media people and they were for the Red Hat government. They're like, oh, my God, man, I'm going to tag the Animal Crossing account. Maybe they'll pick it up or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's been very interesting to see how something that seems off the cuff really it struck a chord with a lot of professional folks so to speak um as as this opportunity and i think that's uh interesting and then also the press right like this got a lot of lot of attention and i know jackie you you had commented on that on twitter about you know all the articles and you know so yeah, I was like, if I could go back and tell university, Jackie, that Vice like mentioned something we did and then somebody else like wrote an article about a thing I wrote, I don't even know. But um, to your earlier point about what is this crossover between DevOps and Animal Crossing, um, and a little bit of this, I think, is evident with my team, too, in terms of how HashiCorp's a very DevOps workflows-focused company. We try to enable workflows. Uh, we have like kindness and humble as some of our values. But I think a lot of that overlap between DevOps and Animal Crossing is that you're building this space where you want to empower people. You want them to be welcomed and to feel like they can come here and build their things and do what they need to do. So I think it kind of had that crossover of like, I want to help you to build things. And that's why I'm here speaking. And as a DevOps practitioner, I wanted to build things that help my dev build things and not, you know, feel this pain of deploying or building pipelines or manual builds that don't work all the time and just stuff like that. I think that's where a lot of that overlap is. I I think one of the other, I I keep coming back to like thinking about this for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it speaker camaraderie. And, and for those of you who like in the kind of green room time before this, that was kind of a lot of us were like, Oh, we're all talking to each other again. Hey, I miss you. Miss y'all. It's been a couple weeks and blah, blah, blah. And one of the things, and but that comes back to that collaborating and building. So like when I realized like, a week before the event that my talk needed a better title and, and everything. So Jackie was like, what about this? And, and people were trading slides. I were like, Ooh, that's, those are amazing. Oh no, I got to step up my slide game and I'm going to take your font. I'm going to do this. And it was interesting because I think, cause uh, Austin had set up the discord before. So that's something that usually tends to not happen with, with these events is you really don't have a mechanism to interact with the other speakers before it happens. And, in a way, somebody somebody said something the other day on it was somewhere I was talking about. And they said, "Well, how do you replicate the quote unquote speaker dinner in virtual events?" And I think that's how you do it. Was like that was there was the opportunity from that 
even though it wasn't built for collaboration, but that's sort of what we ended up doing. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's a that's a pretty pretty key thing. So like, Adrian, we haven't we haven't talked to you yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten your two cents. Like, especially thinking about the things we've talked about in the threads. Like, what what stands out to you about your experience with this, or or what the event was about? Um, I really really enjoyed everyone's uh, focus on really bringing the Animal Crossing you know jokes and world and everything about it into their talks. Um, I know that's when I saw the CFP, which was actually um, shared with me by Svetlana. She's um, she's the creator of the Tallulah app that does the aggregations for call for papers. But she just kind of sent that to me and she's like, I think this would be something you're interested in. I'm like, oh, you bet I'm interested in this. And so when I read the CFP, um, I wasn't normally thinking of what do I want to talk about. I actually said, what is it in Animal Crossing that I could actually make really awesome parallels for? Because the CFP really seemed to focus on the more creative you are, the better you are. And I really, really wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to give them such a creative CFP that they cannot turn it down. So uh, that, that was kind of my mindset uh, going into it. And then when I saw everyone else's, uh, you know, same thing with the emotes and all all of those things together, I think really made it really special and something that I'm always going to remember. So I think a lot of us speak, you know, a lot of people think, oh, it's must be awesome to go traveling all the, all the while and going to all these places, meeting all these people. But even that, uh, for me personally and honestly and genuinely, this conference really topped all of that for me just because it was such an awesome novel idea. And so it was, again, like everybody else, I'm super honored to be a part of it. When, like you said, I, I think that's interesting when you, when you said that you said, okay, you're like, I am going to nail it. And I think that's the thing. We, we kind of have had this as a little bit of a thread through this conversation, almost where everybody was like, I am bringing my super A game to this event, you know, which is, which might sound a little bit funny, right? Because normally it'd be like, oh, I'm going to keynote Velocity and I'm going to be, or I'm going to be keynoting, I'm going to be doing this thing in front of all these people, you know, kind of thing. But, but this was like, but this is the Animal Crossing event, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm really going to bring it. And, and I, and I think, and one of the things I'm curious about, and, and you kind of opened this up a little bit and Austin, you might have some insight is we talked about like, okay, the people who were watching or participating and there was that thought of that, like, well, maybe part of the reason that that participation was so, for lack of a better word, wholesome or whatever was because that's what Animal Crossing people are like. But I don't know how many, if 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 even the majority of the, what was, what was the number of viewers, Austin? About? Yeah, I mean, were they all people that were really familiar? And I, I think there were some that weren't, so... I'm interested about that too, about like, was this just that we find like that slice of DevOps slash Animal Crossing people and they all were there and, but that was all of it. But I think that Venn diagram is a little different. I mean, just in talking to people kind of um, post-show, certainly uh, there was a ton of people that were not like Animal Crossing people that showed up, right? Like, I know a lot of you were, you know, a lot of people were like posting us into, like I have a friend that works at um, 
Postmates, right? And he tossed it into their Slack, right? You know, in a general channel, which is however many thousands of thousands of people. And so I, I think there was a lot of just like, oh, these are tech people that maybe they're not Animal Crossing people, but this is such a interesting concept that they at least tuned in for a little while, you know, watch a talk or two. Um, I also think we we got a lot of people that weren't tech people, right? Like we were charting. I think the best I saw us do was third in a category for concurrent Animal Crossing streams on Twitch, <laughs> um, which is big enough to get like just people dropping in. And, you know, who knows who's watching Twitch in the middle of the day? Looking <laughs> for Animal Crossing streams, yeah. Right. But I, I hope it was people that maybe got, got inspired, right, that saw this and were like, huh, that's interesting that you can, you can do this as a job. Um, you know, it's something different than the usual fare, I guess. But other than that, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing I would say is, yeah, it does feel very special and unique. And like, we kind of caught lightning and put it into a bottle. Also, I mean, even within the sort of subsets of tech, like there were a lot of security folks I know who showed up to that one who were not familiar with DevOps or DevOps philosophy or DevOps culture or anything like that. And that was their first exposure to it. And they were super stoked about it. So it's, you know, I think it attracted a lot of people who might not necessarily watch a DevOps virtual conference or whatever. So, so me, I know you have a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts around community building and, and kind of when that comes in. So what are, and that was, you know, kind of some of the things that you talked about, but what, what has kind of stood out to you? Um, what, what are the things maybe either that you learned or that, that where you were proven correct? <laughs> I mean, I, I think what everyone else has said about this just being kind of a once in a lifetime, we tried it in a very genuine way. Mm-hmm. So it happened to work kind of thing. Like, that's absolutely true. Uh, I don't know that it's replicable for, for future events to say, oh, just, you know, be genuine and do these things and it'll turn out exactly as good. But I think there's still a lot that we can learn. Um Earlier, I don't remember if it was you or someone else who mentioned that maybe the community was so positive because the Animal Crossing community is so positive. And I think that's a good point. I think a lot of the people who tend to play it do it as a form of relaxation and things like that. But if you've gotten deep into Animal Crossing, you also know there's the dark side of the community, which is like, you know, oh, I only want the cute villagers. I'm going to kick the ugly ones out. Like people can get a little nasty about Animal Crossing, which is funny because to me, it's such a it's like how I've always, it's, it's been a long time anxiety reliever for me is like playing Animal Crossing at the end of the day and like doing my little methodical chores and talking to my neighbors and everyone's friendly and whatever. But then, you know, as with anything, there, there's like people who want to get the perfect whatever. And like sometimes the methods can be a little bit meaner or they charge like millions of bells for a villager, things like that. Um, and I think with any gaming content, especially on Twitch, there's always the uh, fear of getting trolls, getting the people in Twitch chat who tend to be a little bit meaner. Um, but I think vibe setting or, uh, you know, tone setting is really important. Maybe I should say tone instead of vibe. Uh, <laughs> and I think that uh, like Katie did a great job of that. Austin did a great job of that. And then from the first talk, I think people understood what we were trying to build here and what was and wasn't going to be tolerated. Um I was also really nervous submitting for this because I love Animal Crossing so much and I'm also a newer speaker. So I was like, you know, I don't know that I have a lot of experience here and I don't know that this is like where I want to start is like this thing that I care about a lot and like don't want to mess up. Uh, And then when all the, uh, all the speakers were announced 
are starting to be announced, I was like, oh my gosh, there's some big names in here. There's like people I've seen speak before, you know, like this is terrifying. And, uh, but I was really excited at the same time because we were on the discord and we were emailing back and forth and whatever. And once I started seeing pieces of other people's presentations, I was like, oh, I can go as hard on the animal crossing as I want to. That's like encouraged. Um, I was definitely nervous that I was going to show up and be like, Animal Crossing's the best, right? Everyone's going to be like, it's just the method for the conference. Like, we're not that excited about it. But that wasn't it at all, uh, which was really great. And uh, yeah, I am old school Animal Crossing fan. I have been playing since like 2004, uh, I, I believe, because that was the summer that I listened to the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack from the movie and played Animal Crossing literally all day. Uh, I was definitely an indoor kid. Uh, and yeah, since then it's been really crazy to see the new game just blow up everywhere. And, uh, with the online functionality existing in a lot of an easier way, it's like, it's just a whole other game. There's a whole other side of it that's been unlocked. Um, so I don't know. I think part of it is like, you know, setting rules, setting guidelines on what the tone and, uh, what appropriate behavior should be in the space. But I also think it's just an organic thing that happened because, it was at the beginning of when Animal Crossing came out. Everyone was stuck at home anyway. There's a lot of external factors. Um, for the record, I think it would have gone great even if Animal Crossing hadn't just come out because I think there's a pretty strong player base. I think it would have gone great even if we weren't all stuck at home because I think Animal Crossing would still have been pretty popular. Um, and I think even without all that uh, passion around the game and being stuck at home, there's just people that would be like, oh, this is interesting. I want to see what's going on here. Um after my talk, my partner came over after he made sure I was off and he was like, oh, everybody loved it. I was like, who's everybody? And it turns out he had like posted it on Facebook. He had like told people my talk wasn't technical so they could tune in even if they weren't technical. And I'm like, oh my God. And he had posted it in his work Slack um, where he's part of an engineering organization. And uh, he said all of them watched it too. And then a lot of them stayed for the rest of the day. And uh, yeah, I just, I really appreciated that no matter who he sent it to, they seemed to have positive feedback. I got a lot of like, my friends being like, oh, so this is what you do. And like finally understanding my job and uh, my parents got to watch it and they thought it was cool. And yeah, I just feel like it really bridges the gap between a lot of communities that don't normally really interact with each other. And it was just a really cool experience. And, and thinking about that with the, the different communities interacting, because I think there was a pretty good, I don't want to say good. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty great. Um, Cross section of of discipline and of kind of, focus area and things like that. And that's where I would kind of go back to Aaron for a minute. Um, and Aaron laying in some kind of hardcore resilience stuff uh, in a cutesy little avatar, which is kind of rad. Um, also, <laughs> I, I'm going to share this because it's, it's, it's a safe place. So a couple, maybe it was a couple days before the conference. Aaron was like, okay, so I need some help cutting some slides. And, we, he and I do this all the time with each other, you know, and everything. And, and he, he gave me the slides and I was like, all right. I'm like, so slide 30 is when your talk starts. <laughs> and, but the thing is with like ideas around like resilience, you almost kind of have to do that. But I, I, I think when you're, when you're kind of getting into that and where I want to go back to this had to do with the interleaving of talks um, and why things like single track is so powerful, but then all of us, and Aaron, I know you have thoughts about this, so I'm just going to let you talk. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to end this without asking a question and then just let you talk. Good luck. Well, um, so talk about that. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, uh, 
So yeah, I mean, I started with about 60 minutes worth of content and I'm like, Matt, I need to fit this into 25 minutes help. Um, <laughs> which was, it worked out really well uh, and, and we all got there. But, but absolutely, I think you talked about the, the single track. I'm a huge fan of single track conferences um, because it lets, so much of the speaking can build on it and inevitably it happens and I don't know whether it's some coincidence or whether there's like, uh, when we're curating talks, we happen to do this subconsciously or consciously, but inevitably like these themes start to emerge over a single track. And especially if the speakers are, are there, right. And participating, which is like the biggest aspect of it. Why DevOps days, I think often work so well is because you have these speakers that are there and like, Oh, I've seen the three talks before mine. And Oh, I can see how that relates to what I'm about to say. So let me tie this in. And like, I can bring the audience on the journey with me rather than just like, here's my 30 minute uh, spotlight and then I'm out. Right. Like you can actually tie the whole thing into this longer journey, which actually helped a ton for my, like I had two spots on my talk that I was like, yeah, there's a whole like other 30 minutes I could talk, but Matt just gave that talk. So just go watch that one again, if you missed it. And there's like a whole other 25 minutes I could fit here, but Katie's about to talk. So just go listen to Katie talk about that. And like, that'll cover that portion of my talk as well. Um, and you know, it doesn't I, like what sucks is I can't do that. The next time I give this talk, I'm going to have to figure out how to fit this content in, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's a hugely powerful thing, I think, of single track conferences and especially ones where speakers are around and present for the entire conference as well. And, and I think that goes, one of the very interesting things that happened as the event was, was occurring is I completely changed my opinion on pre-recorded talks because of this event, um, for the most part. So I'm 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 running an event that is pivoting to virtual and it's an event that is always very participant forward. So we've been trying to figure out how to optimize for that. And we I was I had done several virtual events before this and I was being very stubborn and saying, like, you cannot convince me that I that there is anything of value with me doing this live because there's no feedback. There's none of that stuff. All you're doing by doing it live, and I'm not talking about this event, this event, there was obvious reasons to do it live. But for most of them, I'm like, the only thing that comes from doing it live is added complexity of having to stream it and deal with this and all these things. I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of it. And then this event happened and I went, ah, but if you can do this, then, because I think that's the thing is that idea of being present throughout. And even it doesn't necessarily have to be single track. If you have a curated track, those things can kind of work. So I want to think about like, what are, what are the things that other events can learn from? And I think this probably will be primarily from the perspective of speakers. Cause that's what our interaction was. Um, what, what, what can they learn? What, what lessons should be learned? for future virtual events that don't necessarily take place inside Animal Crossing. Earlier, Adrian said you wanted to write like such a creative like CFP that we couldn't say no. And like, that's exactly what happened. First of all, mission accomplished. Like we were so lucky with this, or it felt like we were so lucky with the CFPs we received. There were like, there were no bad ones. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was super tough to narrow it down. And we kept saying, can we fit one more talk? Can we fit one more talk? <laughs> Until we thought we, uh, one of us we will. More, we fit two more talks. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we yeah, did we fit, fit two more talks, actually. <laughs> yeah. We kept expanding because it felt like people were, were pitching the right kinds of ideas. And when it's about 
community when the when you're going hard on on the game metaphors like as a former writer yes to game metaphors always like the stronger you can tie it in the better but also like i think it's one of the things we can learn is sort of what you said like i want to write a cfp so creative that they can't say no like as someone who submits a fair number of proposals like i don't take that attitude to everyone because i don't care about every conference the same amount so sometimes I'm like, I don't know, I think I have a CFP that I could like throw at this, right? Um, and so this idea that like, I want to be part of this enough to like, make a better CFP or, or sorry, make a better proposal is, is I think a, something to learn from. I think that was part of the pressure of it coming up and what we're all talking about, how we felt like we had to up our game. Because I, I submitted one and I was like, well, this is a talk I have half an idea for I'll add some animal crossing flavor and then it got accepted. But when I put it in, I was like, like 10 people are going to watch this. So it's okay that I put in this thing that I have half an idea for. And then when it became clear that more than 10 people were going to watch this, I was like, this has to be good. Like this is, I, I think I put more thought into this than the, for the talk I gave at KubeCon. And I certainly more people watched it. I think this ties in to like uh, your earlier question about, how this all loops on on DevOps and what we can learn from all of it too. Like this group of speakers seem to be in contact well before the conference started. Like we had this discord room and we were all in contact and started sharing ideas for this talk. And like the passion just sort of built on itself is like everyone that was sort of like, you know, maybe like, ah, 10 people watch this talk. Like, Oh, you're, you built a whole theme for this for animal crossing. Oh, you've got the font. Okay. Well, let me take that too. Like there was all this like, collaboration this community just among the speakers that got built up and built this momentum that like everyone brought their a game because we were all in it together and like wanted this thing to be successful which was huge and i think that like building that connection building those little communities that like want to drive this forward and like giving them like just enabling them to do the best they can i I think that's the best like takeaway here right like your speakers go all talk to each other and then just make the thing that you want to make and make it as cool as you can and i think that was a huge uh huge pressure for me to like bring my a game for my talk to. Well, and it was fun and novel and something that people were excited about. Right. Which I think matters a lot. Um, It doesn't have to be animal crossing, but I think, you know, in a moment when like, you know, it's the 15th go-to webinar of the week or whatever, I think that it, that those got less enthusiasm than like, Oh, this is, this is literally something new and like exciting and awesome. And like, we want to bring our a game for this. I, I think it's, there's something to that of like, you know, the metaphor of like getting the right people on the bus. And, and I definitely felt, I think coming into the zoom at a certain point, I kind of realized like, Oh, these people all kind of know each other from other stuff. And I mostly know them from seeing them on stages. Um, And, but there was like, I immediately felt part of the community and group. And and I think that that's the, the, you know, this has been discussed a hundred times tonight of how welcoming this community was to everyone and how well that was done. Um, And, and that was a a big part of it as well. I think there's a lot of talk about people feeling one up or like wanting to do that. And I talked with Mia a little bit about this, but coming in and with what David just said too, these are a lot of people, including you. Hi. um, That following was really, really scary. And so coming into this, you're just like, I don't want to, worry about getting one up. I just want to keep up because I know that a lot of these people are people I look up to often from an attendee view to a stage. So like quite literally looking up, <laughs> but so coming in this time, there was just so much preparation. And then as mentioned, like the more we saw the viewers growing, 
when Austin shared we hit a thousand people, I was just like, I'm about to speak about a thing I don't know anything about. Like, no. <laughs> so it was really nice kind of seeing all that come together and everyone's support. Yeah, the uh, the speaker list was definitely a huge motivation for me, like working way harder on this talk than I normally do. Uh, but it was also that I, I was getting to talk about something that was just fun for once instead of like having to fit in like a product pitch or having being required to use my employer's tools. And I did talk about something I built in the course of my work at JFrog, but it was the part of that thing that I never get to talk about because it's not technically impressive. It's just fun. And it was an opportunity to teach people and it made it, I don't know, it, it felt like effortless to work on, even though it was way more work than I usually put in on a talk. Like I, I don't usually provide like resources or make custom slides. I use whatever deck the marketing team says I have to use. It was also like weirdly satisfying to get accepted over my boss who has clout and I don't have clout. So I was sure that he was going to get in with his like clout KubeCon talk. Yeah. Does he have a million bell crown though? I don't think so. He does not. He does not. But the next time it's for sale on my island, I'll let you know and you can come grab one. I still have not bought one, even though it's been on my island because I... Uh, I don't know. I'm equally responsible in games where I pay bills as real life. I'm not fun in that way. Uh, my husband's like, all you ever, like your favorite type of video game, your favorite genre of video game is video game where you also pay bills because I also really love The Sims. And he's like, why do they have bills in these games? And I'm like, I don't know. I love it. Um, oh, but I cheat in The Sims. See, I don't, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's because I'm a Virgo, but I blame a lot on being a Virgo. So who knows? Uh, I wanted to go back a little bit to talking about making this event live. Um, I do a lot of content for my day job for Twitch TV. I'm usually behind the scenes of what we do um, on the IBM developer channel. We try to make fun technical content. Um, You may decide whether or not we are successful, but I encourage you to check it out because we are open to feedback. Uh, But it's been a really fun learning experience because uh, I've had to push back a little bit on pre-recorded content going on Twitch. Um, I think there's a viewer expectation that it's not pre-recorded, uh, which might be different in in other communities. Like on YouTube, I've seen pre-recorded talks uh, presented as a quote-unquote live event, and I don't think it's gone terrible or anything. But on Twitch, people really expect uh, kind of a messier experience, like, oh, something might go wrong, and that's okay. Um you know, especially with technical content, like you might run into a bug that's literally just a syntax error that you should know better than this, but because you're coding in front of people, uh, you know, shit happens. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of uh, honesty to doing a live live content like that because it can be scarier in a lot of ways. It's like doing a live demo during a talk. You're kind of praying to the demo gods. You have a backup, but it's really cool when it works. Um, And in the same way, I think that it's more powerful if you can get people in the virtual room together. We talked a lot about having the speakers in our in our Zoom room and and having that connection there. But I also think um, us being present in the Twitch chat or in the Discord chat was really important, not just for our own talks, but for the entirety of the day. I think the large majority of us were able to take the day off um, and just do the conference. And I don't know if I would have done that if I wasn't a speaker. I don't know that I would have felt like I could take the time for a virtual conference. And I think that's something a lot of people are running into is it feels like, oh, it's a virtual conference. I can have it on my second monitor, but that's not really how 
conferences work. And that's also not how work works. So you end up doing both kind of half-assed. Um, but I, it really, to me, made me realize if I'm going to attend a virtual conference, I want to spend my day on it. I do not want to, you know, I want to treat it like, it, I, like I'm flying out. It's all the good parts of a conference without having to stay at like a Holiday Inn and try to eat a continental breakfast and like deal with whatever, you know, sh- shitty parts of traveling and all that. So I, I don't know. I think there's something to everyone being there. I think you can tell as an audience member when it's pre-recorded, and I think you can tell when um, the people just aren't as involved on the day of, even if it took a lot of effort to put together behind the scenes. So I think there's magic to live content um, if it's done well and if it's done right. And obviously, I think this was a good example of it. So, so that being said, you know, my my question, Austin, and and kind of everybody else's. So a sequel, right? Is it going to be Empire or is it going to be Highlander 2? Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> I've put about as much thought into this as I put into the original idea. So um, right now, my tentative plan slash thing in my head is to kind of do more. So I think there's two parts of it, right? Like, I think we need to do another one of these, obviously, like next year, a big one. But I think over the summer into the fall, we'll probably be doing some shorter, um, you know, still Animal Crossing theme. Maybe we'll branch out into other games. I don't know. But some... I don't have time to learn another game. Minecraft. Everyone <laughs> loves Minecraft. No, not Minecraft. Um, Fortnite. Kids love Fortnite. Let's see if we can get... No, let's see if we can get in top 10 Fortnite streams on Twitch. They have that creative mode now, after all. There have uh, been but, giant shows in Fortnite. Yeah, we need to let's call um, Epic and let's see Fortnite. A giant. Embriaco still work there? He's, he's probably. We, yeah. we we can get. They had that like fifty story tall Travis Scott, so we can get like a fifty story tall Ian. Um, that make me young again, Austin. I've, I'm back on Twitter now. I'm going to know how Fortnite works. <laughs> I'm I'm just dragging all sorts of people into the information era. Um, that's so I refuse. Fortnite works. This this is basically the way that I'm relevant to my kids. Like this, <laughs> this is what it took for my children to watch me give a conference talk was to do it in Animal Crossing. So my kids also watch this PM. one. They're super stoked about it, and they don't always. This is the first one my kids watch too. But half because we could just put it on the TV because it was on Twitch, which was kind of amazing. <laughs> that is nice, yeah. One of the worst things I've done in my career, uh, or at least my, my current iteration of my career, is I have gotten multiple people at my job that weren't on Twitter into Twitter. <laughs> and I feel so bad about that. Like, so pray for me. Um, I ever think like, I quit it, but now I just keep it in this circle and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think like, ah, this is why I'm going to hell? That's probably one of the reasons. Um <laughs> You know, I just want to say just that it's really touching to like hear how much work people put into this. And I feel bad because like 90% of what you all saw on that stream was done in like literally the the week leading up to it. Um, Cause I, you know, I, this was, this started as just like a random thing. Right. And I didn't even tell my job necessarily until like later that month when it got like popular and there was like several hundred people signed up. And I was like, Oh, well, will you all like pay for some stuff? Like, will you give me money to get good captioning? Um, and then it turned into like, you know, 800 people, 900 people, a thousand people. And it's like, Oh, okay. I actually have to like put in effort now. Um, 
that sounds bad. But like a lot of what people saw was actually very much not last minute, but it was very much done kind of in that weekly up. And I didn't know how to do a lot of this until I did it. Like I, I still don't know how to use a vector illustration tool, but I sort of figured out enough to make a, a rounded curve and um to to overlay some colors on things. So well, and that's probably the best metaphor for DevOps you got right there, right? Which is it comes from the practitioners, yeah. it comes from the doing, and you learn by doing and you learn by going. So this is this has been a great conversation. Before we kind of wrap up with kind of our usual ending stuff, um, normally we go around and ask everybody where we can see you and all this kind of stuff, but that would be a whole episode in itself. But that being said, does anybody have something they want to plug? Any upcoming appearance, like speaking somewhere or... You know, I don't know. You got good turnip prices, which won't be relevant a week from now when this gets published. But, you know, I had to get something in. Uh, the only thing I'll say is keep an eye on DesertIslandDevOps.com um, for more information and a schedule about Deserted Island Sessions, which is the tentative name for the next thing. Um, and, of course, for Deserted Island DevOps 2021. So the only thing I have to plug is another project where I'm going to try to emulate Austin and, and learn how to produce things, but not quite at the level of, of him. But uh, we have a, a new thing called Irreverent DevOps Party Games, and which is a kind of, for lack of a better word, a live streamed game show with a DevOps flavor. So if you go to DevOpsPartyGames.com, you can read about it. Um, it's going to be online at twitch.tv slash Matt Stratton on uh, Tuesday, June 2nd at 8 p.m. Central. And Kat is going to be one of our first contestants. So uh, this is either going to be amazing or terrible. Tune in and find out. Um, and speaking of which, you can tune in to ArrestedDevOps.com slash DesertedIslandDevOps because you can tune into a static website uh, for the show notes, of which there are many um, and many, many guests listed. Uh, if you go to ArrestedDevOps.com slash iTunes and leave us a review in the iTunes store, this theoretically helps people find the show better from what the SEO people tell me. Uh, and if it's a particularly clever review, we may read it on the show or we may not. And if you're into things like Spotify and iHeartRadio, you can find us there. Find us wherever good quality podcasts are sold. Uh, so thanks everybody for being a part of this, both the event and this episode. I'm Both things were an incredible experience. So as always, I'm Matt at Matt Stratton. This is Arrested DevOps. And remember... There's always DevOps in the banana, in the banana, banana stand. stand. Banana stand. <laughs>